0: Hi, I'm Robert Lee, and you're listening to The Word on Campus. This show gives you a behind the scenes look at how some of the best university podcasts are made. You're going to hear from leading higher ed podcasters as they walk through parts of their process and how to overcome hurdles unique to higher ed. Joining me today is Kate Young, the writer, producer, and host of This is Purdue, Purdue University's official podcast that highlights the stories of students, alumni, and staff in the Purdue community. Kate, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, really excited for this conversation. Uh, I've been following This Purdue for a long time, so excited to kind of dig into how it all gets made. So Kate, I know that you're a Purdue alum, and I just want to start off with getting a little bit of your background and how you got into podcasting.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I graduated from Purdue in 2012. I think it was very important to them to have an alum host the podcast, by the way, just because we know that behind the scenes and culture and feel and community of Purdue, of our alma mater. So it's just been a joy to come back and and work for my alma mater where I have so many amazing memories. But I graduated and had a degree in communications. I went into broadcast journalism. So I worked in a few different news stations around Indiana. And then I switched gears to public relations. So it was A little bit of a transition because the newsroom was so robust and exciting, and you never knew what was going to happen. So, the PR component, there was a lot of writing. So, I definitely grew in my writing skills. I dabbled with a couple different things. I did some professional racing series, I got to manage communications for that and do live events, live tweeting. So, that was kind of fun to, to be back in that fast paced, exciting world. And then I got an inquiry about joining a startup, and I had never had any experience in a startup. It was a podcast startup. They produced business podcasts for many companies around Indiana, but also the whole country. So lots of virtual components there, even pre-COVID. So that's when I first kind of dipped my toe into the podcast world. I ended up working for another podcast agency, and then Purdue messaged me on LinkedIn, and the rest is kind of history. (laughs)
0: What about uh, the podcasting kind of attracted you to the medium? What do you love about it?
1: Totally. Well, I think, you know, with the news background, it was appealing because I had written a ton with my news background. I've written scripts. I've written obviously shorter things for news when it comes to broadcast, but I was promoting things through social media with the news station. So you're promoting things on social with your podcast. You know, it's it's not always video. We have the video component. So I am comfortable being on camera with my news background. But really that storytelling angle, I got to tell stories in news, but they were two minutes, right? Maybe a minute some days. So knowing that you can tell these stories and have the listener's attention for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, that was really compelling to me. And again, that that writing component because my episodes are so special and unique because there's a script around them. And I take great care in writing that script and further telling that story.
0: Gosh, okay. Well, we're going to dig into that script writing side a little bit more later. But I'm also wondering, you know, for Purdue University, when I first reached out to you, like, what was kind of the impetus for a podcast for university? Like, why, why even do one?
1: Our marketing and communications team at Purdue is, is just world-class. And we're very focused on storytelling, on enchanting our audiences, We have a great website, lots of written content, amazing social media channels, amazing video, amazing YouTube channel. But our CMO understood the importance of the podcast landscape, the trajectory where it, you know, even in two and a half years, how far it's come now since I've been on board. So I'm really, really thankful for that. But we had a grad student actually start the podcast back in 2020. And then the pandemic hit, she was recording in the Purdue's like radio booths and everything. So with the pandemic, we obviously pivoted and everything, but she ended up graduating and taking another role. And they knew they wanted this to be a full-time role and to really, you know, go all in on podcasting. So again, they wanted an alumni. You kind of want that person that understands the community and the culture and the little things that make Purdue, Purdue, right? So I knew it would be A Great challenge. And I I was up for that challenge. I was really excited because in my previous podcasting roles, I didn't have the opportunity to host. So I was really excited to be able to dig into that hosting capabilities, too. So we've seen amazing growth. It's been really exciting. I'm so glad that they, again, understood the importance of podcasting and what it can do for your organization.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Amazing Growth. I, I did see at one point, you know, this is Purdue reached number two, I think, in the education category on Apple podcasts, like the top charts. Yes. <laughs> well, first of all, like, how did you even feel when you first heard that?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the first time it happened, we were maybe seven or eight, and maybe even higher up than that. But like, just seeing that was always a goal of mine to get on Apple's top charts. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? That's just like seeing, you know, you're. I'm always personally. I listen to an Apple, so I'm always scrolling through at the most popular trending shows. And then to see, you know, your podcast logo on there, it was surreal. But we've really focused on having these big guests, and I know we're going to talk about one of them here. But these big guests that even if you didn't go to Purdue, even if you um, went to our rival school down in Southern Indiana, you know, you're still interested in these topics and these guests mean something to people and these brands that we're featuring that these guests work at, you know, mean something to people. So I think that contributed to it. The entire team from our graphics to our really creative social media posts and like video editing and the YouTube channel, I definitely want to talk about that. It's grown the brand awareness on the podcast so much. So it was really exciting.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like the quality of production itself. Definitely something around here with the topic and guest selection strategy and the fact that you are kind of tackling different mediums too with the video piece, which I do see like more and more podcasts doing. Right. Let's get into one of your favorite episodes. I know it is episode 79 on This is Purdue. So it's from Purdue to President of Pizza Hut with David Graves. I'm going to play a short clip of this, but before I get into it for you listeners, is there something you want to highlight about the clip that people should be paying attention to?
1: Yes. Okay. So this one was really special because we had a PR agency reach out to me and say, we want this guest to come on your show, which has honestly never happened before, right? We're always making the ask, we want to feature people. So this was really like a turning point for the show, knowing, again, with that growth and that brand awareness that a PR company out in New York City is asking for their client to come on the show. And so that client is David Graves. He's a Purdue alum. He was a business school alum, and he's the president of Pizza Hut. He has an extremely robust background. He was at Procter and Gamble. He was at KFC. So you'll hear all of that background for sure. But what was really cool about it is that we spent months setting up for the production of this shoot, which we did inside of a Pizza Hut. We had David fly out from Texas to Indiana um, just to shoot this. It was it was one of the coolest experiences. We got to the Pizza Hut, you know, at like six, seven AM because we had to quick do the interview before it opened for business, right? Oh yeah. We didn't want all that background noise of the customers. So it was amazing to do the interview there. Our incredible video team led all of the efforts. We had lights hanging up from the ceiling. We had this incredible three camera setup. But then after the interview, we got to go into the kitchen and get B roll of the wonderful employees making us our favorite pizzas and let's sample this and let's sample that. So in the episode, I took that B roll, that really cool behind the scenes look at what we were doing. And so, sure, you can watch it on YouTube, of course, but you can also listen to us eating the pizza and commenting on it. (laughs) And just, you know, there's a, of course, the age old debate. Does pineapple belong on pizza? We use that catchphrase and that question to spur a lot of engagement. I personally, pineapple is my favorite pizza topping. So we got, we got into that. And on social media, people had a blast with it. Same with our YouTube channel. And, just hearing those little behind-the-scenes clips, you kind of feel like you're right there in the Pizza Hut with us. So that's definitely something that makes that episode unique or those fun behind-the-scenes stories. You have David kind of commenting on what his favorite pizza is and but you have to do this when you eat it, or you have to so there's all these kind of little quips and and fun behind the scenes stories that make it really special.
0: Awesome. Okay. So we're gonna play that right now. And also a quick note in the show notes, you'll find a link to this episode and also to the YouTube video for this episode.
1: You didn't think I'd wrap up this interview without asking an extremely important burning question, did you? Okay, so we have to ask, what is your go-to Pizza Hut order?
2: My go-to, we have to make (laughs) some pizzas before we leave here. We're gonna all eat before we get out of here. (laughs) Um, My go-to Pizza Hut order is a thin and crispy pizza with pepperoni and jalapenos. Oh. And I like extra cheese on it too, but you got to eat it right out of the oven. So that's why we have to make it and then we're going to eat it right when (laughs) it comes out.
0: It's the best.
1: That's amazing. I can attest to David's favorite pizza here. It was very delicious. Really hot. The extra cheese. I I see what you mean there. It's great. I love it. It's delicious. As for my favorite pizza... Well, I gave you a big hint at the beginning of this episode. Hey, you gotta get into your Hawaiian, I love a good Hawaiian pizza, and I love pineapple on pizza. Hey, to each their own. And the president of Pizza Hut himself told us all at the beginning of this episode, if you like a certain topping, then it belongs on pizza. We ended our interview with David with a few rapid fire questions. Is there anything else I miss that you want to share with our listeners?
2: No, just, you know, thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. And <laughs> I love that we get a chance to spend some time together. You know, it's an absolute privilege to be uh part of the Boilermaker community. You know, there is um, incredible opportunity out there. So like, let's you know, I'll keep dreaming big and, and doing big things. And, um, you know, a lot of people have invested in me over the years. And so I just want to say, you know, big thanks to, to all the Boilermakers who have invested in me along the way. And hopefully, you know, I can give that gift back as well.
1: Okay. We're going to end with some rapid fire. Questions. Okay. You won't this be This is prepared. like, this is like
2: the outtakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Favorite building on campus?
2: Oh, geez. Well, it's got to be Craner. Do
1: you have any favorite restaurants or like snacks that you used to eat at Purdue that bring back nostalgia?
2: Uh, I mean, Harry's, absolutely. <laughs> I'll just I'll just stop there. I'll just stop there.
1: You can expand if you want, but that's a good short answer. Yeah, oh.
2: Cheeseburger at Harry's. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. You already said Neil Armstrong's your favorite Boilermaker.
2: Maybe Drew Brees, too. He made my college much better.
1: Okay, okay. What would you say your next giant leap is?
2: My next giant leap? Hey, I want to, I mean, it's all about Pizza Hut. And how do we get Pizza Hut back to number one where it deserves to be? That's an exciting leap to get after.
0: Hey, you did mention earlier about the production and am playing that went to, you know, it took months. I'm curious, what were some lessons learned about that process? I think people, when they hear months for a podcast episode, they're going to be shocked at first, right?
1: Right. and And keep in mind, you know, we have other episodes kind of in our bank of content that we were releasing in the meantime. We weren't waiting around for this one, but this was a really big episode and we have you know, probably six to eight episodes a year that are a lot of, I mean, a lot of them are large-scale productions, don't get me wrong, but like really large-scale productions. And so this one at Pizza Hut was one of those. But just lots of meetings, lots of communication, lots of meetings with the Pizza Hut staff at that specific location. They were so helpful. They knew what was coming, right? There's a ton of setup. We have to be there very early in the morning. We'll bring you coffee, but hey, you got to open it for us. And just the video team, you know, laying it out for them of what to expect. This is how many crew members we're going to have. Scheduling, you know, I have to say, you get it, you're from Michigan. At the last minute, we thought there was going to be a snowstorm and this whole thing was going to be off.
0: (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah.
1: So very thankful that the flight was on. It was all good. But yeah, just that organization and teeing up the guest for success, we had a lot of back and forth again with Pizza Hut's PR manager, with their PR agency, sending all of the questions, ensuring the timeline, just making sure that your guest is set up for success and that, you know, this is a, a large scale, high end, almost TV like production. And I think we did a really good job of that.
0: I think it's a good point to kind of bring in the script writing element. So, like, one of the questions that I get most often from people is like, hey, how much should we. Prep the guests, you know, particularly in terms of questions. Should we give them all the questions? But also for the hosting side, like, hey, should we script out everything to say? What's your approach here for the show?
1: That's a great question, and it's changed and evolved a little bit. But we do send our guests all of the questions. You know, we want them to be prepared. We don't want them to think there's any gotcha questions, right, or anything that that would be sneaky or mysterious. But that's a double-edged sword too because sometimes people memorize them, right? Or there's very crafted answers that you know are coming. So, I have found that about halfway through an interview is when people get really comfortable or at least more comfortable with you, they trust you. So, we kind of save things that are going to evoke emotion towards the end. So, you know, what did Purdue mean to you? What is this like community and watching these athletics games and Bringing your family back for a football game—what does that mean to you? And then they're a lot more able to tell that story or explain that in a better way because they're more comfortable with you. So that's something that I've I've noticed throughout my time. You know, it's up to you if you don't want to prepare them too much in advance. That's your own prerogative. But we feel we feel like we should prepare them and, and let them know what to expect.
0: Yeah. As a host, I'm curious. Do you have any tips and tricks about how to like guide conversations or put people more at ease?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been moments I've had multiple guests cry, which our CMO kind of jokes about. (laughs) um, I'm not trying to make people cry. Do not. I mean, I would never do that. But you know, people emotions come up. We had a super emotional story about an alumni who had something to do with 9/11. That shoot was an incredible. Shoot as well. We did it in an airport hangar on Purdue's campus. But we had all these, you know, production interns. We had our whole video team, our photographer, our social media team. It was so quiet in there. Like you could hear a pin drop because it was such an emotional moment. And usually at that point, as a host, you kind of just stay quiet for a minute, kind of like let it marinate, let it kind of sit, right? Because you don't want to rush into the next question. That would seem insincere. So I've found a lot of times just pausing. Usually the guest expands a little bit more too if you pause and take a moment. And sometimes if you – again, if you start asking a question too soon, maybe they weren't finished yet and they were still kind of mulling it over. So I think that's something that if you take a moment and pause and that gives you a chance to collect your thoughts too, right? I think that allows the guest to either expand or – you know, sit in for a minute in their, in their feelings and then compose themselves and move on. So that's definitely a tip and something I've been working on since I've started this journey.
0: That's a wonderful tip. Because one thing about podcasting and the final results after post-reduction, there's some pauses to leave in, definitely leave them in, but also you have the freedom to take some out. So there's a lot of flexibility with letting the conversation flow. Totally. In a way, you know, for me, when I listen to University Podcast, the structure of this is Purdue sticks out because what I recognize is there's kind of always like a like a custom intro and always like a like a little teaser in the beginning for these episodes. You do voiceover narration to kind of stitch different pieces of the story together. Has it always been that structure? Like, how has this show structure developed over time?
1: Yeah, it hasn't always been like that, and, and I think that's part of what makes it unique. You know, there's so many question and answer podcasts out there, and that's great, and that form, you know, works great for a lot of shows, but I think I, again, back to the storytelling, you only have 45 minutes, maybe an hour with the guest, and you can't get all of their background and their story in within that time, and a lot of these people are extremely busy and, you know, high-level executives, professors doing all this research. Going back and and doing the research, you know, not only before the interview, but also after the interview of, you know, this guest has this background, they grew up here, they further analyzing their research or their topic, you know, deep diving kind of into David's career, for example, what did he do before Pizza Hut? We talked about it a little bit, but I can go further into detail, you know, after the fact. And that's part of where that script and that narrative is really important to me. I think there's so many fun things you can do post production. We've been doing this research series, and we've been adding some really cool like sound effects and different music in for that extra element, like dings, like a checklist, you know, different things that you can do. Whereas if you're putting the show, the, the interview, just out there into the world, that works great. But if you're out there and you have your own podcast, maybe you know four episodes a year, you try this scripting or narrative idea for some of your bigger guests or your bigger shows and see what happens. Because for me, my favorite part of my job is actually writing that script and getting into that creative thinking of how I can further tell the story of our guests, of Purdue, even like relating some of the things that I have seen or done at Purdue and weaving that throughout the script. I'm really lucky that they let me do that and they give me that power to do that. But There's something that when you're listening to a podcast, you want to kind of get to know your host too, right? So it gives me a chance to add in more context, add in, you know, additional storytelling elements and those fun post production items. Even, you know, the B roll, like I talked about with David Graves of us hanging out as a team and eating pizza with the president of Pizza Hut. I mean, that's awesome. Why not add that in, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like this approach of kind of slowly easing into like more creative elements that really elevate the storytelling itself. You know, this question pops in my mind. So oftentimes at universities, the teams are small. People are short-staffed. I mean, it seems to always be the case. How big is a team that works on this at Purdue?
1: That's a great question too. I'm super lucky. I, so I'm the only full-time person who works on the podcast. We have different teams, you know, a graphic designer we have a social media team. We have a photographer. We have a video team. They're not just working on the podcast. So they're working on all of our other marketing and communications projects while also assisting with the podcast. But I am so lucky that I have all of those people that work you know, with me. They think of new ideas. They help me brainstorm. They listen to podcasts themselves and say, hey, what about this idea? I heard this on a podcast I really liked. So I'm so, so lucky that they're buy-in with the podcast. they love it. They love seeing it chart on Apple and seeing us with these fun guests. So I write it, I host it, I produce it. but I have the most wonderful team that's working on all of these marketing assets. I mean, the level again of the production plus all of the marketing and distribution is just a massive undertaking. So we have a huge team that can help. There's probably 10 to 12. Other people helping, you know, even behind the scenes with all of the pieces and parts that go into releasing it every other week.
0: Sure, sure. Usually for an episode, like on average, how long would you say it takes to prepare and then actually put out the episode?
1: Obviously, for David Graves, for some of these bigger ones, it's, it is months long. But we've shot episodes and gotten them out within a month. The script writing takes the longest. Obviously, that's probably, you know, an eight to 10 hour task with all the research involved and going back and listening and pairing all of the quotes together. But we can turn things around pretty quickly too. I'm very (laughs) proud of our team. And it's so different from any other projects, right? Like this goes out every other week. There are no missed deadlines. There are no pushing back because someone's sick or someone's out. So, you know, whenever people are on vacation, we prep and we prepare and we plan ahead. And it's consistency. We're always getting these episodes out, and our audience expects that now. So I think we've done a great job with that consistency of building that brand awareness of the podcast even more, because we're not missing a beat. We keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, consistency is key. I think this also connects to this point of, how does the podcast branding relate to Purdue's branding, and was the impact of the podcast been on the Purdue community?
1: You know, our designer could talk about this all day, I'm sure. But it's really important that we tie this podcast brand to Purdue's brand. And Purdue has such a strong brand. We are constantly, I mean, I'm bragging again on our team, but we're getting these awards for, you know, top brands, most innovative brands. And so it's a high, high level of expectation. And we want the podcast to reflect Purdue's brand to a T. So... You know, we have our official university logo on all of our graphics, on our podcast cover art, on our videos. We're always, you know, linking back to our website, purdue.edu slash podcast. That's easy for people to remember. That's on a lot of our videos, all of our show notes and everything. So just keeping in mind those brand standards, even in my script, I'm including words like innovation, persistence, all of these key brand words that we talk about at Purdue. So it's really important for the podcast, again, to live up to those high expectations of the incredible Purdue brand. And when I first started, I think, you know, people weren't super aware that there was a podcast and it's the official university podcast. It's part of that central marketing communications core branch at Purdue. But then we started having, you know. Our basketball coach, who's very famous, you know, Our we, we're doing a new episode with our new football coach here. And these big name people, our Purdue presidents have come on the show. Like they're kind of these key stakeholders in promoting and agreeing to come on the show. And that's really helped with the brand awareness. Our social strategy is incredible. That team, again, helping to put it out on all those channels. We have You know, millions of followers with all the combined channels. So, how can we get that out there to the alum who follow us, to the parents of students who are going to Purdue, really building that brand awareness, that community to, you know, speaking at alumni events, going to student events, going to student classes, and handing out t shirts. We've sponsored a couple of golf outings. Ah. (laughs) The podcast itself has.
0: Wow. Okay. Like the podcast is sponsored. Okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and and so you know we did one in Indianapolis, and so people that aren't in West Lafayette are seeing the podcast branding we had a booth, and I was able to talk to people and let people know that this show existed, so just those kind of things that seem small really, really add up so anyone out there who you know if there's a podcast course at your university, go to it, go be a guest speaker. I met some students that you know, you could hire them as interns. They're, they're super interested in the show. So even communications classes, go speak to those classes and let them know about your show. And they'll ask really thoughtful, interesting questions, and they'll make you think about other ways to promote the show even. So that's something that we've found has really helped build that community too.
0: This has been amazing, really insightful. I mean, there's actually a lot to dig into here, but I feel like it'd take hours and hours to dig into. But (laughs) for this very high level view...
1: I could talk about it for hours and hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So maybe there'll be a part two to this at some point.
1: Yeah, I'd love to.
0: (laughs) But just to to close this, what's coming up next for this Purdue? Like what's kind of the next big goal or next big like project in mind?
1: Yeah, we say at Purdue, our next giant leap. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) So thanks for teeing that up. I mentioned the research series, but we have been working really hard on this research series that highlights all of this incredible research that our professors and people at Purdue are doing that is honestly changing the world. It's innovative, it's changing people's lives, and it's something that everyone in the world would care about. You know, world hunger is one of those. So we talked to our food science professors within our College of Agriculture, what they're doing. There's a really cool one with astronomy and space. And, you know, when you think of Purdue, you think of Neil Armstrong. We have a researcher, a professor who is directly working with the James Webb Telescope, NASA's James Webb Telescope. So we had an incredible interview with him that you'll want to check out on YouTube to see the background. I got to do some virtual reality things with that. So you'll get a sense of, again, that background b-roll sound and then you can also watch it on YouTube but that series has been really cool and really uh refreshing to think of some new creative ideas like I said with the sound effects with the music so that's coming up as we head into football season we've got our new football coach that everyone's really excited about he's one of the youngest head coaches in America he's doing incredible things so we have a lot to look forward to as we head back into the school year
0: I really love uh, the creativity that this Purdue has. And I think it's just a testament to the team that you're working with. I'm really excited personally to see all these episodes come out and then soon in the near future.
1: Yes, absolutely. And check out our YouTube channel for sure because we're doing some really, our video team has just taken it to a new level.
0: They'll all be in the show notes. Don't worry. <laughs> and Kate, thank you so much again for coming on today. And hey, let's hope to continue again later on to dig even deeper.
1: Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, help us get the word out by leaving a review and sharing the show with your colleagues. Our goal is to help grow the education podcast and community so the more ears we can reach, the better. The Word on Campus is a production of University FM.